If you stop and think about everything happening here in the good old U.S. of A., you might believe that there are only two sides to every story. Actually, there are many more sides. At last count, there were over 327 million sides to our American story. On this program, we'll take a look at different stories, from a different point of view. Mine. Hopefully, after listening, absorbing, and actually thinking about what you hear, it might just become your point of view as well. I'm Steve, and this is The Truth Hurts. The puppet Pinocchio once sang, There are no strings on me. When he was freed from the marionette wires that restricted his movement, his freedom, his very life. Once freed from Geppetto's grasp, control, and protection, however, Pinocchio realized that life as a free boy was not as free as he had envisioned, not as carefree as he had imagined, and not without consequences as he would have hoped. America is called the land of the free. Freed from the bonds of British rule and control, the newly formed United States of America was not without the pains of realization that the very freedom for which they fought had costs. Yes, the freedoms we've come to enjoy do not come without cost. And the three primary costs of freedom are responsibility, consequence, and payment of a price. The first, responsibility. We all must undertake responsibility as the protection of those very freedoms we all hold so dearly. Protection from foreign invaders, protection from internal threats, from harmful products, from unsafe working conditions, the list goes on and on. These protections come in the carefully formed sets of laws, rules, and regulations that are put into place to provide the very protections we seek. We have the military to handle foreign invaders. We have multiple agencies to handle unsafe working conditions and products. And yes, we have police agencies to handle protection from those internal threats. In addition to the threats above, we should also seek protection from the very crafters of the laws, rules, regulations, ordinances, requirements, and restrictions placed upon us by our so-called leaders. As I said above, freedom does not come without responsibility, without consequence, or without a price to be paid. The second of these three costs of freedoms is consequence. Science states that for every action, there is an equal but opposite reaction. You push a bottle, the bottle falls. One push, one fall. That is equal and opposite defined. The term equal should apply also to the current violent protests surrounding the death of George Floyd in Minnesota. Floyd died. So, the perpetrator of his death should be dealt with, period. Just as if any person is killed, the killer should be dealt with, period. There's no equal reaction to one death that justifies the massive violence, destruction, and multitude of deaths to persons unrelated to Floyd or 
the cop charged in his death. Equality would mean that if one man, Floyd, died at the hands of another, Chauvin, the other man, Chauvin, should face the consequences of that action within the rules of law put forth by the crafters of our legal protection systems, period. To use the current model of rioting as an example, if any one person dies at the hands of any other person, we should automatically, exponentially design and implement a destructive response against the race of perpetrator or the occupation of the perpetrator until we are all dead. What I'm saying that is if white America reacted to every killing of a white American by a black American, there would be nonstop, 24-hour-a-day purge-style killings of black Americans in mass riots every hour of every day until there were no one, was no one left, period. It's done. But there is no outrage when a white American is killed by a black American. No riots, no destruction, no marches on the Capitol. There's no outrage when an Asian American is killed by a Hispanic. No riots, no destruction, no march on the Capitol. There's no outrage when a black American kills a black American, or a white kills a white, or a Hispanic kills a Hispanic, or an Asian kills an Asian. Make no mistake about it. The riots are 100% media-driven, 100% left-wing supported, designed, engineered, and manufactured, and implemented for one purpose, and that purpose is to divide America. The design has been, for many decades, to divide us into convenient little groups to occupy our minds while those in power, those who craft the system to their personal design, they can radically change the freedoms we all enjoy into their little playthings. Freedom is the enemy of the radical left wing. Freedom stifles their plans, shutters their programs, and keeps them from controlling the nation. For over five months now, the media, controlled almost 100% by the left, has focused their entire programming to call your attention 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus 2019. They assisted the left into shuttering an entire booming economy. They've fostered legislation that is actually paying people more money now to stay home and to riot than they were making in their regular jobs during a great economy. That was phase one. They got us used to not going to work. They got us accustomed to not socializing and not gathering. They actually criminalized some gatherings, you know, like church and parties and sporting events. They forced us to wear masks, to eat takeout food, and they got us all in the habit of a new normal, which has stifled freedom. You got used to it. You accepted it. You abided by the rules. Hell, they even had most of you convinced that it was unsafe to go out to vote. So they hatched a plan to allow and require mail-in ballots so they could directly shape the upcoming election to their desired results. 
because with mail-in voting, they could mass-produce millions of ballots with their candidates listed so as to finally find a way of defeating a duly elected president of the United States. They spent weeks parading so-called experts across your television screen 24 hours a day, seven days a week, telling you how evil you are if you dare to leave your home. If you go visit Grandma or Pop-Pop, you will be killing them. It's unsafe to leave home. This is why we must have mail-in voting. Once the media realized that their timing of the COVID-19 crisis was not going to sustain itself all the way through until November, once they realized they could not hold America hostage behind masks and gloves and face shields for that long, the COVID-19 news suddenly and mysteriously disappeared. Just like the stories of shortages of ventilators and respiratory, uh, respirators and masks and gloves and toilet paper disappeared. The nation responded as it was supposed to. It produced those supposedly needed products. And when the media realized this, they had to begin searching for their next reason to hate on a president. Day and night, media and reporters scoured the nation for some alleged wrong, some bad thing done by some conservative, any Caucasian, hoping, praying that they would find that new nugget to take the American public's mind off of the overhype, the overreporting, and the overdramatizing of a virus. And they found it. Not unlike Ferguson, Missouri, under Obama, or any of the other riots that could have been, not much different than that. Michael Guy, the police were called out to respond to a crime in progress, this time an intoxicated man trying to pass off counterfeit money in a food store. The police did as you would expect. They responded. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to come and investigate the crime being reported. Some sort of struggle must have ensued because it's not common practice that would require four armed, highly trained police officers to take down one man? Why take him down at all? If he weren't fleeing, fighting, struggling, or resisting, there would have been no reason at all to put him on the ground. Of course, we'll never get to see that part of the incident. But in this instance, something did happen that caused a cop to hold this suspect down and, stupidly, place his knee upon the man's neck. In official police statements, this is not an approved tactic, but of course, they have to say that to keep them out of the courthouse. Consider this. Two men are fighting, not over a beer or over a candy bar, but actually fighting for their very survival, for their freedom, fighting for their life. Human beings are animals, period. We are. We're animals. We're mammals. The basic instinct of any animal is survival. And the means to survival comes in one of two forms, instinctively bred into our psyches, into our autonomic nervous systems since we were created. Those two choices are fight or flee when confronted with a threat. 
The threat in this instance for Mr. George Floyd was the threat of being captured, caught, incarcerated, prisoned. The thought, the threat of having his freedom taken away. As such, it is likely that his natural flight or fight instinct kicked in. It is likely that he resisted the attempt to have that freedom taken from him. And in the actual attempt to either fight or flee, shit happens. Arms swing, bodies jerk one way or the other, a person may attempt to run away. The threat to the cop attempting to arrest a suspect is the suspect might just turn on that cop, attack him, take his weapon and use it against him, which is a threat to the cop's life. And since a cop is a human being as well, just as it is an instinct for the suspect to fight or flee, it is also an instinct for the cop to react to fight or flee. Now, since it's a cop's job to subdue a fighting or fleeing suspect, it is not in the cop's nature or interest to flee. So when threatened, when attacked, a cop will fight back. Otherwise, every suspect would simply just get away, escape, and go free to be a criminal again another day. Now back to my original point. You remember the cost of freedom, responsibility, then consequence, and finally, payment of a price. The price paid by George Floyd was high, excessive, exorbitant, too damned high, considering the activity surrounding paying that price. It was certainly the highest price George Floyd could have paid for his attempt to pass a $20 bill counterfeit at the Cup Food Store in Minneapolis. Even if you tack on resisting arrest, attempted fleeing, or even assault of one of the responding police officers, unless Mr. Floyd had his hand on a gun, whether his own or a cop's, and attempted to kill one of those cops, the price George Floyd paid for this act of stupidity the act of trying to pass a $20 phony bill was too damned high because it was Mr. Floyd's life. Too damned high a price considering the circumstances as presented. Of course, price goes both ways. The price officer Chauvin and three other cops have to pay is first the loss of their jobs, the income, the likely inability of them to ever be a law enforcement officer anywhere for the rest of their lives. The price for Derek Chauvin, whose knee sat atop George Floyd's neck for eight minutes. His price will be paid upon the conclusion of his trial and may end up the price of the remainder of his life behind bars. Earlier, I invoked science, you know, equal and opposite reaction. In this instance, that should be the end. The push, the action, was the death of George Floyd. And the opposite reaction should have been the firing and prosecution of the officers involved in his death. Period. That's what people were protesting for. That was the outcome they were protesting to achieve. This is where science fails us. Instead of one equal and opposite reaction, you know, the first action was the death of George Floyd and the equal and opposite reaction would be the prosecution of those responsible. Instead of one equal and opposite reaction, the media, the left-wing agendized hate groups, the men pulling the puppet's strings, 
have not only allowed things to blow exponentially out of proportion, they've actually fostered more violence, implemented more hatred, and financially aided and supported anarchy in our otherwise free nation. Remember, the original protest was to have four police officers arrested and charged. This has been done. That should be the end of the protest. Just remember, those pulling the strings, Pinocchio, are doing so for the purpose of pulling those strings for their own nefarious design and personal gain. And that purpose, the end of America as we know it. Many of these pulling the strings now were those who sat in protest Vietnam all those years ago. They had no real power then, but now they are the power. And they are pulling your strings like a puppet. They achieved phase one almost four years ago after silent coup attempt after silent coup attempt against the sitting president. The president who defeated their anointed candidate of choice. Phase two came after all of those attempts failed. Remember the Russian collusion hoax and the Ukraine double standard? Phase two came in the form of a microscopic virus that brought a successful economy and a thriving nation to its knees. Phase two came in response to the fact that minority unemployment was at its lowest level in recorded history. They can't have that with a Republican in office. They'd never live it down. After all, it was the Democrats who have told minorities for over 60 years that they must be dependent on welfare, social security, food stamps, WIC, and myriad other government handout programs that actually keep those minority groups down. And then they turn around and blame Republicans. Those same Republicans who fostered the lowest levels of minority unemployment and the highest job participation rates in recorded history for minorities. Phase three was ushered in silently, and it came in the form of the first few spoonsful of socialism in the form of stimulus checks, increased unemployment payments, and government handout after government handout. Phase four, currently underway, is to provide an excuse for anarchy, a reason for treason, a means to an end, a total breakdown of American civilized society and a manufactured distrust of the 99.9% of the good cops out there. How is it that this week an entire nation has been almost entirely without wall-to-wall COVID-19 coverage, without the threats to families in parks gathering for picnics? We've seen no raids on churches, no shutdown of backyard parties, as we've seen the past four months. Why? Well, because they can't arrest people for worshiping if they are freely allowing protests and riots and anarchy to occur in those very same cities. You see how quickly they pull your strings, Pinocchio? See how easily they control you? They control the audio. They control the video. And no, it's not the Twilight Zone. It's not the Outer Limits. It is we, the sheeple, 
easily being controlled by the puppet masters above. Geppetto is a Democrat. The best way to control stupid Americans is to play the race card. It's been the hallmark of the Democrat playbook since the 1960s. Don't like a booming Republican-led economy? Play the race card. Don't like Democrats getting caught doing illegal things? Play the race card. Don't like the failure of Democratic programs? Play the race card. And play it they are. Now that they have almost all of the lower income Americans sitting home on unemployment plus a few hundred extra bucks a week, they are using the Floyd incident to give these out-of-work young people something to do with all that extra free time. It's not a bit odd that the pallets of bricks suddenly appearing on street corners in areas where riots occurred every single night? Is it not odd that Dallas, Chicago, Manhattan, D.C., pallets of bricks just appeared magically, neatly stacked, left on very corners where busloads of rioters magically appear a few hours later, where hundreds or even thousands of so-called protesters are showing up with matching shirts and masks and signs, in places where normal, peaceful protesters filled with chants and songs have suddenly been transformed into ugly mobs of destructive sheeple doing what their organizers led them to do. A week ago, the left was proposing those mail-in ballots for the election, claiming COVID-19 made it unsafe for people to gather at polling places. Now, with the advent and proliferation of massive groups of unmasked and masked rioters gathering together arm-in-arm in the streets in violation of curfews, in direct violation of social distancing orders, without permits... The entire case for mail-in voting has been completely destroyed. Hell, if you can loot, you can vote. If you can riot, you can go to the voting booth. Now you can and probably are already calling me a conspiracy theorist. That's your right. I don't have an aluminum foil hat or a corkboard on the the wall with yarn connecting photographs of Clinton, Obama, and the Pope. I don't have my studio locked in a Faraday cage. What I do have is my senses. My eyes see what is happening. My ears hear what is happening. And my mind can connect the dots. Dots which support unequivocally the fact that some of this stuff has just been a little too convenient, a little too suspicious, and a little too coincidental to all be happening at this time in this place. If the COVID-19 pandemic, a so-called event of biblical proportion, can be this easily erased from the media in favor of a new, highly inflated, likely manufactured, certainly organized and funded, racially charged series of riots, then perhaps that virus was not such a really big deal after all. Apparently, after all, it's not so bad that protesting can be allowed. And protesting is considered, I think, just as dangerous as, heaven forbid, going to church on Sunday morning. Of course, now that I've mentioned this, you'll probably be rerouted to your regularly scheduled COVID-19 hype programming already in progress. You see, as soon as someone calls out the media 
for their obvious lack of COVID-19 coverage in favor of Floyd protesting, they will start spoon-feeding you COVID again. Never let a good crisis go to waste. You can always pick up where you left off, or better yet, you can manufacture the next crisis to use to your advantage whenever you want to. After all, you can't put strings on me. And as long as there are economic benefits, political benefits, and social benefits to continuing this racial divide in America, divided we shall stand and fall. Because the people pulling the strings understand and fully appreciate the fact that they are doing so in order to kill America. If blacks and whites and Asians and Hispanics would only understand that the only color that matters to those pulling the strings is green, as in greenbacks, American dollars. On that day, and only on that day, will we truly be free. Here I go again, stirring the pot. There's always a benefit to stirring the pot, a benefit to all sides. One benefit is that you might just learn something. Another benefit is that I too might learn something. Agitators, those who carry big spoons for stirring the pot, actually make their living and get their continuous rotating 15 minutes of fame by stirring the pot. On this program, I give you my opinion. It's my constitutional right to offer my opinion, and therefore I retract nothing. When it comes to my opinion, you have several options. One, agree. It's much simpler that way. Two, disagree and keep it to yourself. Three, disagree and start your own program. Or four, turn it off and remain in the dark as to how someone with a differing point of view might just think. When all is said and done, usually much more is said than is ever done. Life is not fair, and you are owed nothing. This is the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts.